All right, here's a good one. If you're guided by a spirit of transparency, it forces you to operate with a spirit of ethics. Success comes from simplifying complex issues, addressing problems head on, being truthful and transparent. If you open yourself up to scrutiny, it forces you to a higher standard. Rodney Davis. Hmm. Ethics must begin at the top of an organization. It's a leadership issue, and the chief executive must set the example. Edward Hennessy. Yeah. The most important persuasion tool you have in your entire arsenal is integrity. Zig Ziglar. Yeah, that's very true. Getting pretty heavy over there. What are those? Oh, I'm I'm just doing some research for the episode today on how to build a personal code as a leader, and I'm looking at quotes about ethics from influential leaders. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been doing a little research as well and yeah. <clears throat> reflecting uh, on my personal code. Uh, developed it a few years back. Yeah, I remember. I remember helping you with it. Yeah. Why don't you uh, refresh my memory? T- tell me uh, your code. <laughs> okay. So here's my code. Faith above all. Yeah. Family above the rest. Mm. Be inspired to lead, mm-hmm. but always willing to serve. Mm. Strive to be ethical, logical, and consistent, and to keep integrity at the center of my actions. Oh, man. That's a great code. I remember that now. Hey, let's uh, get into the episode and teach other leaders how to develop a personal code. Sounds good. Let's do it. Welcome to the TPL Show, a podcast dedicated to the study and discussion of leadership. Join us as we share relevant, simple, and lasting methods for improvement that can be used to lead from any level in any organization. Hey everyone, welcome to the TPL Show. I'm Dave Cahill, Managing Partner of Avenulo. And I'm Luke Weber, Avenulo's Director of Continuous Improvement. In today's show, we're going to talk about developing a personal code. All right. Okay, so let's talk about what is a personal code. And I think before we get into that, we have to talk about something prior to that. It sets this up. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about what is a code of ethics. Yeah, that's first, a good idea. Right? Yeah. So here's the definition of a code of ethics. A code of ethics is a comprehensive system of approved or acceptable behaviors. It is a set of guidelines to help members of a group make sure the decisions they make and the actions they take are correct, proper, and legal. Okay, so a code of ethics, as most people know it, is something that guides behavior for like a professional group, an organization, companies, a type of profession. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And um, let's just let's share some examples of that. Right. There's some like one would be the ancient Hippocratic oath, so the oath that all physicians take. Right. And, um, I mean, you can look it up and Yeah, there's multiple parts of that one. Yeah. That's a long one. You could look it up and you could see, but uh, it's very specific about how physicians should behave, right? You've got the soldier's oath, right? So for the Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force. Yeah. Those guys have to say an oath. Yeah, absolutely. To join the service. Yeah. I mean, I took that oath at one point. Okay. And um, 
it's it's interesting, right? Because it it outlines the behaviors you should follow, but it's very very unique for the U.S. in that you don't swear an oath to a person; you swear an oath to an idea to defend the Constitution, as right. an example, right? right. Um, colleges, yeah, famous universities. Harvard has an oath. Harvard's a big one. Yeah. So when you graduate from Harvard, you take this oath about how you're going to go forth and do good things for the world, right? Um, so that's a great example. Um, some some other examples, uh, like for um, samurai, the Bushido Code, you know, the eight points of the Bushido Code. Thousands of people all over the world, even though they're not samurai, they use this this code to to kind of operate against, right? If they're studying a martial art or something, um, the code of chivalry. So, like knights in the old days, you know, they had a code that they would follow. Um, so those are kind of examples of. Yeah, that's good. There's uh, many different yeah types of, of codes, codes of ethics right? of ethics, right? So to to understand how or what a personal code is, you have to understand where that comes from. Sure. So sure. knowing what a code of ethics is, how it's derived, who uses it, yeah. big organizations, multiple types of codes. Yeah, sure. So what is a personal code? So same thing. Personal, uh, where, where the organization says, here's a code for anyone that's a member. Same kind of thing, except... The personal code is there's only one member. It's you as an individual. So it's a code. The personal code of ethics. You create, right? right. So it, it's, you know, the kind of if you formalize the definition, it's also a set of guidelines. But for an individual, they're holistic and they're based on a person's beliefs and values. They provide a person with a structure for decision making and behavior, yeah. which allows them to live and work in appropriate, proper, effective, legal, and just ways. But the, the big difference is it's for an individual. It's, it's something you create for yourself. Got it. Right? I like it. So that's what it is. So wh- why would somebody have a code? Yeah. I think that's the next, next thing we talk about. Yeah, you got to go through something of, uh, of a hassle, you got to think about it, write it up, commit to it, practice it, all that. And, you know, why would you do that? What would you get from it? All right. So why does somebody have a code? Mm-hmm. A personal code can help really animate the pride that you have in what you do. Yeah, for sure. Creating a personal and, well, having a code helps create personal and or team accountability standards and yeah. helps, helps you stay on course either personally or in a team, especially when there's urgency or uncertainty in a situation. Yeah. I think personal codes create value and here's where they create a value. Uh-huh. Respect. Yeah, for sure. Trust and accountability. Yeah. Respect by visibly living a specific ethical code, it helps you gain respect from anyone with whom you come in contact with. And that could be superiors, p- uh, peers or subordinates, customers, suppliers, regulators, family members, even neighbors. Yeah. Respect is big there. Trust. So rules will promote trust. 
especially when they're followed consistently. When you follow a code of ethics, people trust you and they act honestly and kind. Yeah, they give as they, they receive. Return, right? yeah. Accountability. When you hold yourself accountable for your actions, everyone benefits, not just yourself. Accountability is responsibility taken honestly. Holding yourself accountable promotes these good character traits in others who see them in you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Those three, in my mind, stick out heavily. Yeah, sure. And something else comes to mind for me, the idea of predictability. Uh, yeah. So leaders that are predictable are more effective leaders. When when the leader is predictable, it brings um, evenness to the organization. People know what to expect. There's more certainty. And so if you're following your code, you're um, behaving more predictably because your code is constraining you from the wild extremes of behavior uh, one way or the other. So influential everyday leaders that aren't just academics, but they're real leaders, but they're writing about leadership or talking about leadership, um, cite this idea of predictability as a key yeah. Uh, leadership aspect. So guys like Alex Hoffer, of the re chief resource officer of Hoffer Plastics, Douglas uh, Sutterfield, he publishes a daily leadership blog called um, The Leader Maker. They will talk extensively about the value of predictability in a leader. And when you have a personal code as a leader, it moderates or regulates your behavior, therefore making you more predictable. And I think that's a huge benefit. Yeah, that's big. Okay, so essentially there are four benefits of having a personal code. Uh, you have respect, trust, accountability, and predictability. I like that last one that you added. Yeah, I think so. And and then if we go to the bottom line, right, if we, if we do the, the tangible yeah. balance sheet thing, when you have an organization with leaders who are operating against personal codes of behavior and, uh, um, you know, being um, predictable and garnishing respect and building trust yeah. and uh, a culture of accountability, um, it just is more profitable. As we've mentioned before, organizations that operate this way, that operate ethically and with transparency and so forth, they tend to outperform the organizations that don't by 400 percent that's crazy so not only is it the right thing to do great for your culture great for your customers it hugely impacts the bottom line yeah make more money yeah so that's why so we've talked about that before in the whole morals versus ethics comparison uh-huh do we want to dive a little deeper into that? Sure. I, th I think it's a useful thing to know, isn't it? If yeah. you're going to build a personal code, what are ethics? What are morals? Yeah. What's the difference, right? Yeah. And so just kind of in a very quick way, very yeah, basic sure. way, ethics are the rules of conduct that are recognized in respect to a particular type of human action, a particular group or a culture. So... Um, when you talk about ethics, generally speaking, there's a set of ethics for doctors, a set of ethics for lawyers, a set of ethics for um, politicians, a set of ethics for um, 
teachers, a set of ethics for police, right. for fire, for carpenters, you know, wh- whatever it might be, right? So they, they, they kind of um, conduct or set standards for behavior, I guess is a better way to say it, okay. for a group. And morals are principles or habits with respect to right or wrong conduct. So while morals are, are uh, they're like do's and don'ts. They, they help you with sorting out the do's and don'ts. Um, it's ultimately a personal compass of right and wrong. So ethics tend to be more group-oriented right. sets of behaviors, and morals tend to be more individually. Um, ethics, professional, morals, personal, that kind of thing. Right? Do morals... So... so Based on that, is it safe to say that morals help define a person's character? Or do you think a person's character comes from? Oh, my gosh. You always ask these wonderful. So I, I don't just, know. Just, it's just, I don't know the answer to that question. Curiosity but I, I imagine it's a circle. It has and to be connected. It, it's a circle. And I, I think what we see in the real world is, for instance, when a leader is demonstrating good morals— the people around that leader tend to demonstrate better and better morals. Yeah. And I, I can't help but conclude that that reinforces in the leader to, de- to demonstrate better morals and the followers better morals, and it creates this circle, right? So do morals um, define you? Yeah. Do the morals you have define you? Or do you define the morals you have? Right. I think they're, it's, it's, it's highly interactive. Yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. I random Luke thought there. Yeah. So I, I, I guess what I would say in conclusion to that deep question is, if you practice good morals, you will be a better and better person. Regardless of what your natural set point is, sure. you can be a way better person by practicing good morals. Mm-hmm. Um, because it builds this morality in you over time through the practice. Luke, before we go into how a leader develops a personal code, it'll be nice to share the paradoxical commandments. Uh, yeah. The paradoxical commandments is something I think yeah. every leader should hear. They're very, very inspirational. You can find them on the internet really easily. And uh, Luke and I just want to kind of share them with you real quick. Yeah, these are good. Yeah, so uh, I'll start off with the first one. The first one is people are illogical, unreasonable, and self-centered. <laughs> Love them anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? That's, that's a simple good, enough, that's right? That's a good one, yeah. Yeah. All right, here's, so here's another one. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives, but do good anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, if you are successful, you will win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. The biggest men and women with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest men and women with the smallest minds. Think big anyway. Yeah. People favor underdogs, but follow only top dogs. Fight for a few underdogs anyway. Wow. 
What you spend years building may be destroyed overnight. Build it anyway. (laughs) People really need help, but may attack you if you do help them. Help people anyway. Man, these are good. Give the world the best you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you have anyway. Yeah, absolutely. The 10 paradoxical commandments, they're really inspirational. When you're teaching people about personal code or you're developing a group code, running through those and sharing those with people, I pull these out all the time, especially when I've had a rough day. Yeah, or I <laughs> open I go, it. Yeah, absolutely. Makes you think outside the box a little bit. All right, let's get into the how-to. Okay. Okay, let's talk about how someone would develop a personal code. Hmm. And there's a few steps we can go through here. First one is learn what a code of ethics is, which we talked about earlier. Sure. So just a reminder, it's a comprehensive system of right and wrong. It's a set of guidelines to help you make decisions based on your own conscience. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's kind of the summarized version there. So once you know what a code of ethics is, you can start on the next step. You can research existing codes to help develop your own. So and we, we talk, shared some, Yeah, right? we talked about those The earlier. Bushido Code, the Paradoxical Commandments. Soldier's Oath, yeah. things like that. Yep. So research those, get some ideas from those, um, and then you can go to the next step, which is write down your own ideas. So mm-hmm. it's something that comes to you, what you want to strive for, what you want to work on, different ideas to put in your own personal code. Yeah. You know, journal or put it on your computer, It's okay to have different versions as you're kind of noodling it all out. Right. right? The next thing is look for patterns. So you want to look for patterns and then organize your ideas around those into specific principles. So maybe you're all against uh, a certain type of thing like violence. So as an example, so if you're against violence, you would set a strict adherence to nonviolence, and that would be one of your principles. So usually you'll find that most of your opinions can be grouped into several small principles. So this becomes your code of ethics, mm-hmm. per se. Yeah, it gives you a way to grab onto them easily, right? Right. From there, you can adjust your code, and then as you learn and grow, you can make small changes if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, through trial and error, basically. You can have some, once you have something on paper, you can try to apply those guidelines to your real life experiences, like your mm-hmm. job, your personal life. Um, and then if you find if you act a little differently in that practice, you might have to change it up a little bit. Sure. Um, so you're taking it out for a test drive. Yeah. Right. If something doesn't work, you go back and tweak it. Mm-hmm. Try it again. If that works, great. Keep it. If not, come back, tweak it again. And then lastly, this is <laughs> this is interesting to me. You want to know the law. So you want to know and understand the law as it applies to you and your specific situation. I mean, if you're a medical professional, you need to know about privacy laws, right? Yeah. If you're uh, uh, a teacher, you need to know about, um, you know, the laws associated with when you would need to, like, report some wrongdoing. You know, whatever it might be, there's these elements of the law that you need to incorporate into your code. Yeah. Yeah. So you just need to take a little time to figure that out, Yeah, how it relates to you, how it applies to your day-to-day situations. Yeah. And so, in some cases, that law might be the policies of your workplace or the organization that you work for. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's a good point. So this how-to is pretty simple, right? First, learn what a code of ethics is. Then research some. Check them out. Yep. Right? Um, Write down your ideas. Look for patterns so you can kind of organize it into a tight document or list. Adjust it through trial and error. Take it out. Live with it. And um, mature it over time. And uh, also make sure that you're over time incorporating the essential elements of the law that you care about into your um, into your code, so that yeah. it uh, it's kind of holistic in its nature. Right? Pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. And um, we've got some tips that'll help people um, get this developed and animated. Right. What's the first one? Okay, so the first tip would be to schedule some time on your calendar to develop your code, like get it, you know, set time aside to actually work on it. Think about it, plan on it, work on it. Most people need about 12, anywhere from 12 to 20 hours to get their working copy of their code. So if you're taking this seriously and really thinking deeply about it, it's going to take a number of hours. So you, you want to chart that in your, in your calendar so you can uh, move through it as quickly as possible. Right? Yes. All right. So the next one is to review your code when you're making Major decisions. Yeah. So you're making, you're, you're buying a car, you're buying a house, you're getting married, you're getting divorced, you're going to move overseas, well, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you look at your code and you say, how does this decision support my code? Yeah. Is there any element of it that violates my I code? Like that. And so Good. forth. Right. The next one would be to review your code once a week. It's usually best when planning out your week or mm-hmm. you're putting stuff on your calendar. Make sure your code is in the forefront of your mind. Say, okay, what am I doing? How does it affect me and my code? Yeah. Sunday at 7 o'clock. That's me. Every Sunday at 7 p.m., I have a meeting with myself. I get into a quiet place. There's quiet music playing in the background. I go over my calendar, my plan for next week, all that. But one of the first things I do is I... Just review my code. I read it out loud to myself, think about it, um, and um, just get it back alive and in my mind yeah. for the for the coming week. Yeah. So uh, also reflect upon your code once a month. Yeah. How am I doing with it, right? Then you can consider revising your code once a year. So go back and look at it. Say, did it work? Or what worked, what didn't? Do I need to adjust it? What tweaks need to be made? Uh, or is it good? And just consider that. Okay, so a quick summary of everything we talked about today. So we talked about what is a personal code. We talked about the definition of a code of ethics versus the definition of a personal code and how they tie together. Um, we talked about why somebody would have a code and the benefits that they get from having a personal code, such as respect, trust, accountability, predictability. And then bottom line, organizations, companies, people that operate with a under a code of ethics or a personal code, they simply are more profitable. They, more, they make more money. And then we talked about how to develop a personal code. Learning what that code of ethics is, researching other codes to help you develop your own, write down your ideas, looking for patterns to organize those ideas into principles, uh, adjusting your code through trial and error and practice, knowing and understand the laws that applies to you in your situation. 
So Dave, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap this up for today? Yeah, oftentimes when this subject comes up, it's um, of interest to senior leaders who want to bring this idea to their organization, and then they're looking at having a number of leaders in their organization develop personal codes. So I thought people might be interested in the process we use here at Avanulo when we're helping people with that. So we have a certification that we provide for senseis. Senseis are very senior people in the organization. They're well-respected, they're wise, and they teach others about leadership. They teach about continuous improvement, um, lean, et cetera. Um, And the uh, certification they hold is a master black belt. And they all have to have a personal code. That's part of the process they go through to become certified. And and the the, uh, steps we take to do that are to, of course, teach them like we've just gone uh, gone over with you all. We we teach this process, and then those um, sensei candidates, aspirants as we call them, those sensei aspirants, um, develop a personal code. And when they get it uh, ready and matured up, they bring it to a belted sensei, someone who's already been through that process, and they present the code to them. Uh, and that sensei, that belted sensei, goes over that code with them. Uh, make sure it's clear, make sure it reflects what they're thinking and their conscience and and the way they view um, leading and interacting with others and so forth. And then that first step occurs, which is they approve the code. Then they send the the sensei aspirant off for a time, could be a period of months, and they're uh, living their code. They're internalizing it, they're memorizing it, they're embracing it, uh, tweaking it if, if uh, needed, and so forth. And when that sensei aspirant feels that the code is in them, it's internalized, it's embedded, they're living by their code, they then come back to that um, spelted sensei, and they present their code again and say that they feel as if... Um, they're, they're ready for the final step. And that, that belted sensei then explores that with them, checks against their behavior, observations they've made over the last uh, couple of months, sees if they've memorized it, if it's fluid to them, you know, so forth and so on. And if all that's in proper order, then they accept their code. And at that point, that, um, that sensei aspirant has... Uh, a personal code that's recognized by um, others, so to speak. So that's it. That's um, how to develop a personal code, a little bit about how we animate it, why it's important, et cetera. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you everybody for listening today. We encourage you to develop a personal code and then share with us, share how it went shoot us an email at info at tplshow.org. Tell us how it's going. Uh, give us your experience uh, with your personal code. Uh, be sure to like, share, send us a review. Help us get the word out about the show. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the TPL Show. We hope you'll apply what you learned today and tell us how it went. If you want to share, 
Want more information or have questions? Please contact us at info at tplshow.org. Have a great day. Thank you.